0: Hey Carter, start adding in from here, you piece of shit. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tips. I am uh, here with Ashley and Anthony, our resident strong man and strong woman. Uh, They're also our nutrition experts because most of us eat like fucking children. Uh, So we'll let Anthony kick this off and get this nutrition (laughs) episode going. Oh man. Uh, Yeah, I I had my
1: time when I ate like a child, like an unsupervised toddler or two. And i still can i still can throw down with the best of them but uh but yeah i started becoming a nutrition nerd probably like i would say my son's seven uh so six years ago so my middle son has autism and when he got his diagnosis we just went down this rabbit hole of like hey what can we do to help him one of the things we discovered was that any foods anything that was inflammatory was like a no-go right so gluten and dairy and i'm a meat and potatoes boy raised in the country i like my steak and potatoes and so i never thought i'd be like the gluten-free dairy-free guy and i'm and i'm not i'd still eat all those things but in our house we largely are gluten-free dairy-free for him because when you lower inflammation uh, it allowed his speech therapy occupational therapy to just take off so it was good for him now in that process of all that i was pursuing my pro card as a strong man and nothing changed at all in my life except for nutrition and all of a sudden my performance just started to skyrocket like I was winning shows back to back to back my lifts were just exploding and the only variable that changed is I actually gave a shit about what I ate like I started eating healthier simply because I wanted to help my son and it was practical like we weren't gonna we did the thing for a while where we like tried to make separate meals for him and then for us but then it just got too complicated and so we just started eating better for him and my performance took off and then my nerdy brain got you know the wheels got spinning i'm like oh man so you know if i actually pay attention to what i put in my body and if i'm healthier i might actually perform better too and so that's how i started down the rabbit hole of of like nutrition and uh, and then just layered that into my coaching and i firmly believe i firmly believe that a person that is healthy at the cellular level will both look and perform better so um Bodybuilders have this on lock, right? Because they're going after a, a stage look. But I would say it's still pretty rare in the strength world to find people that really care about what they eat. It's kind of this mentality of just eat whatever to get big and strong. And I'm trying to make the case with a lot of my athletes, like, hey, if you prioritize health, your deadlifts going to go up, your squats going to go up, you're going to, and you're going to have longevity in the sport. So that's a little bit of the background of why this uh, 260 pound. Country boy actually gives a shit about eating and doesn't just uh, doesn't just pound steaks and, and bush lattes, even though that sounds delicious. Deer camp, deer camp is for that. Yeah, everything in moderation. <laughs> exactly. Well, bro, that last deer camp was not moderation. No. <laughs> How many did we put down the first night?
0: Uh, the, and then the- Three or four trash bag loads. That was pretty. That was pretty epic. And then the uh the the Liver King spoof that you did the next day was mm. was pretty good too.
1: <laughs> Oreo King Kids. Yeah. I was dying
2: watching. That. <laughs> I wish I would have been there. That was
1: awesome. And we only came up with that. I think I think I came up with that with like on the ride back from the grocery store. <laughs> like in yeah. the back seat of the truck. I'm like do it now. And we did it in one take too. I thought for sure that I would lose my composure and I wanted to so many times but we managed to get it. I mean, I was I holding like the camera sometimes, and I just pissed myself.
2: <laughs> sometimes that's where some of the best content comes from. Just last second thoughts. You just got to roll with it while it's hot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oreo I, I king. Completely agree. <laughs> yes, yes. So, Ashley, how about you? Like, how did you get into, like, you know, the health, nutrition side of things, like, caring about it? So, Especially as a strength athlete because not a lot of strength athletes do.
2: Yeah, I mean – Originally, I've I've been an athlete my entire life, so I think I always wished my parents kind of focused more on what I ate growing up. I feel like I would have performed so much better um, in my younger years if I would have gave a shit like I do now. Um, I I can't. I think about that all the time. Um, even if, when I was in college, learning javelin, I probably would have added ten feet to my throw easy if I would have just. Gave a shit about what I ate and didn't pound Malibu rum and cheeseburgers (laughs) (laughs) and pizza and Hot Pockets in the dorm room. Um, But that being said, I mean, I also just like the aspect of looking good and feeling good. Um, I was in a bodybuilding show when I got out of college. So that kind of started it. Um, I started meal prepping and had a coach kind of walking me through like what i need to eat um from there i kind of took 10 steps back after my show um bodybuilding is a very tough sport mentally and it it really weighs on you especially as a female um when you rebound after the show um, a lot of people including myself don't rebound correctly you gain a lot of weight back and some um so that is kind of where I really took the step to focus myself into like eating healthy to eat healthy and not to look a certain way. Um, so yeah, the last couple of years, I've been I've been really focused on that, and just I feel like like you said, Anthony, uh, my lifts are better, my workouts are better um, when I'm focused on nutrition. I just all around everything is a lot smoother. So my my energy,
1: my mood, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, too. I, I grew up not eating well. But you can you can hardly blame our parents, though, because when you think about it, well, I'm going to age myself here, but uh, I didn't get my first smartphone until well after I was married. And so, like, I was one of the, I forget what they call our generation. Derek, I know we're pretty close in age, but it's like, I didn't grow up with a computer in the house. I did. My parents got their first computer in the house when I think I was in high school. It's like, I went to the library a Dewey Decimal System. Um, I started using the computer a lot. Uh, you know, college for sure. I remember I spent $80 on a 512 megabyte uh, thumb drive <laughs> when I was a freshman, when I was a freshman in college, thumb make them that small. Like, Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, I remember I went to college with a giant ass monitor, a huge tower and a case of floppy disks. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm kind of dating myself a little bit, but you think about it, One of the reasons we've made so many advancements in the world of just even training and nutrition in the last 10 years is social media because Mm -hmm. you can disseminate knowledge so quickly. Whereas before, if you wanted to learn something, you had to go get a book and go to the library and then trust that you got the right resource or just trust Mm -hmm. the local gym bro. And then the media doesn't help because, you know. One week, it's fats will kill you and give you a heart attack. Fat makes you fat. The next week, it's no carbs will kill you. The next week, it's no sugar will kill you. And so the random person just types on the internet nutrition or how to be fit, and they're going to have 75 different articles, and the vegans are going to tell you that your steak is carcinogenic, and eating one steak is like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day, and you're going to die. And then you're going to get, on the other end, you'll get the carnivore keto zealots who are like, no, spinach. It's literally lethal. If you eat it, it will shut your liver off. Like, and you have the extremes of everything. And so everyone's like, what in the hell do I actually do? And so that's what I think would be good for us to cover tonight. It's just like the basics, the big rocks before you get in the weeds, because everybody's different. Everybody has a different background, um, different medical issues and different needs, but like the big rocks of nutrition, pretty freaking simple. It's get enough protein move every day, like try to get outside, get the sun and freaking move, get good sleep and drink enough water. To me, those are like the big rocks, like get those nailed down before anything else. If you get those things on lock, then you can start playing with stuff like nutrient timing, you know, putting more carbs before your workout and, you know, less carbs on off days. And then it starts to get fun depending on your goals. But but most people they are not even eating enough protein like at all. And I think the reason people aren't eating the protein is reason one, it's inconvenient. You have to prep it. You know what I mean? Unless you're rolling around with like bags of hard boiled eggs, beef jerky, like you, you stop at a gas station and everything's loaded with carbs and fat. Cause and that's, that's easy. That's, what, that's the stuff that comes in packages. Yeah. 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 So protein, here's the cool thing about protein. If you're just an average Joe, um, the bottom, I mean, the research actually does show even like 0. 0.55 grams per pound of body weight, it's kind of like baseline protein, um, all the way up to like 1.5 grams per pound of body weight. I just, I, for sake of ease, I just like to tell everybody, for the general population, stick to around a gram per pound of body weight and protein. So if you weigh 200 pounds, aim at 200 pounds. Don't be a perfectionist when it comes to macros and be like, oh my God, I hit 190 you know, grams of protein today. I'm failing. I'm failing and I'm not anabolic. No, you're not. It's all good. You know, or oh my word, I hit two hundred and twenty grams today. So who cares? You're good. Aim at that. Aim aim right around a gram per pound of body weight for protein and you're gonna be in a really good spot. But you're gonna have to prepare that.
2: So I have a question. What do you have that?
1: Yeah, go. Shoot, shoot.
2: Um, So I had a real old school coach and he liked to talk about like, I mean, when I say old school, he, he, uh, he passed away at, uh, I think it was 85. Um, So yeah, I worked with him in his older years. He, he was a boss, man, Dave, old Dave. Um, So yeah, his theory was eat a gram of protein per like what you want to weigh. So like if we were cutting at the time, Like, we would cut my protein back to, like, 135 if I wanted to weigh 135.
1: Mm. Um, Yeah, that's an old school method. I don't think he's necessarily, like, wrong, but here's why I don't like that. I actually go the opposite way in a cut, and here's why. Think about this. When you're in a caloric deficit, your body doesn't care about what you look like on the beach or how much your deadlift is. Like, literally doesn't care. It cares about surviving, right? And so – you have to you have to tell your body to burn fat not muscle because if you're in a deficit your body is going to preferentially take nutrients from where it's most dense which is muscle right muscle is loaded with all the b vitamins and all the good stuff fat's just freaking fat and so our body's not even going to prioritize burning that this is why you see people who go in a caloric deficit and like do super long like distance running they have like the skinny fat bod you know what i'm saying It's like they they burn all these calories, but they don't really necessarily look super fit, right? Um, So you have – there's two ways that you signal to your body to keep muscle when you're in a deficit. Eat a lot of protein and lift really heavy weight. So let's dispel another myth super quick. The idea that if you're trying to lose weight, you should lift light weight for lots of reps. No, not at all. You got to stimulate – you have to stimulate your body. You have to tell your body, hey, man, I need to keep this mass. So lift heavy and it signals to your body like whatever this dude is doing He needs the mass because he's constantly putting us through a beat down if you stop using it You will lose it your body adapts to what you're doing. And so for my clients when we go through a cut phase That's where we're gonna focus on strength strength training is largely neurological Okay, meaning it's almost like programming a computer. Okay, so like People will say, hey, bro, can I make gains in a deficit? And I say, well, what do you mean by gains? If by gains do you mean can you make your muscles bigger? No. you got to be in a calorie surplus to actually make your muscles grow. Can you get stronger in a deficit? 100%. I mean, that's literally been the story of my strongman career is I was a 105K pro, and so I would walk around like 250, 255, 260, and every time last eight weeks towards the show, i had to start dieting down because i have to weigh in at 2314 And so, like, I would be literally peaking for shows while in a deficit. And so that's where the crazy stuff like nutrient timing becomes super critical. But for the average everyday person, um, high protein just has so many benefits. It's the most satiating of all macronutrients. Very rarely will it be stored as body fat. And it has the highest thermic effect. So thermic effect just means... It actually takes our body calories to burn calories. So if you have a fork full of mashed potatoes and a fork full of chicken, your body literally has to heat up more to deal with the chicken, break it down, send the amino acids out into the bloodstream, and do what it's going to do than it does with the mashed potatoes. This is why we joke around about the meat sweats. Go eat a 36-ounce tomahawk steak and you're going to be pouring the sweat because your body temperature literally rises because it has to figure out how to deal with all this protein that you just shoved down your gullet. Right. And so, again, protein is awesome. I'm a huge fan of a high protein diet. Um, like I said, the detractor is that if you just try to wing it, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, but I'm let me make this uh, this counterpoint. Sure. Yo. Taters is good.
1: Is. Taters is yummy. No one's saying not to eat your taters, bro. Eat your taters. Eat your taters. I'm a big fan of taters. <laughs> I thought this was
2: going to be like oh, be a super good sure. counter. <laughs> taters is good.
1: Fuck <laughs> no. Taters, taters, taters is good, y'all. <laughs> I am dying. <laughs> but hey, we can take we good can take away to this. Actually, I want to ask you if you've ever. I want to ask you if you've ever fallen for this because a lot of people have, especially women. Are yeah. you? You probably not now, but have you ever gone through a phase where you were like scared of carbs?
2: Um, yes and no. I think my first go around with bodybuilding kind of put me in that fear um, just because Ooh. that's like all you ever hear. Um, but now I know the importance of eating carbs and how they, they help with energy and it's not something to be afraid of. Um, I definitely focus number one on protein first and then carbs are a, a strong second. Um, but I'm not as concerned with hitting my, my carb macro as I am hitting my protein yeah. macro. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Good. Yeah, absolutely. And to circle back to what your, your coach David said, there's a variation of what he did that I do agree with. So, but it depends on where you're at. Um, <laughs> if you're relatively close in body weight, let's say you want to lose like 20, 15 pounds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I might aim my calorie target, my my total calories off of where I want to be. I just wouldn't necessarily aim my protein off that, if that makes sense. Um, but again, this is where nutrition gets. Oh, sorry, okay. <laughs> he
2: he was just very straightforward. Like, who cares? It's just a sweet potato. Like, eat the fucking sweet potato. Like that. That was Dave. Um, I'm not going to say I came in as as cut as I probably could have, but I he did the job. I mean, I came in looking better than. Well, ha-
1: probably 75 here's what I, here's what I love about those old dudes the old generation has just this gnarly work ethic yeah like they didn't have the internet they didn't have all the they didn't have all the science they're like screw your science bro just pick it up and then pick it up again and then keep going and keep picking it up until you can't pick it up anymore and obviously science is advanced and we know we know better than that now to a degree. But one thing I see people overcorrecting on is they freak out about biomechanics and form so much that some people just aren't putting in the sheer effort. And I'm like, if you can combine that old school Dave work ethic with like what we know about modern science and merge the two, you create freaks. And that's who you see winning the Olympia and everything, and everything like that now. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I think – I wanted to hit on that because a lot of people are scared of carbs and you know, you'll know, go on a keto diet and you'll lose weight. The reason you lose weight is because one gram of carbs holds between four to five grams of water. You're just losing water weight. You're not losing fat. You know, If I cut 300 grams of carbs out of your diet over the next week, you're going to lose weight. But is it the weight you want to lose? No, not really. All you're going to lose is performance. And then for females, you cut carbs too low, too long, that impacts your thyroid, which is going to downregulate metabolism, and now you have an even harder time burning fat, and it just becomes this, this big spiral of despair until you learn to fix it. And unfortunately, we live in this fast-paced, I want results right now society, and very few people actually fix it. But, um, but yeah, I help as many people as I can do that. But yeah, protein's a big one, and then, um, then just people need to like move. We have such a sedentary society now. Even me, like I'm a bodybuilder slash pro strongman and I this is what I do all day. I literally sit at my computer and I have to make myself move. Like I track my steps on my little watch because otherwise I'm a lard, <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah, same. I have to track steps or, you know, I'll be at like 4,000 for the day because I work at my desk and I work at home. So it's like I'm not... I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I've got to get up and move around. And I think to get yourself to move more, we were talking about mind pump earlier today in the group chat. And one of my the favorite, like, tips that they put out there that I think is so relatable and so doable for every single person is get up and walk for 10 fucking minutes three times a day. And you'll be amazed at what will happen with your energy, your body, like, even if it's like after a meal, like walk 10 minutes, just do it (laughs) three times a day.
1: That's it. Yeah. That's how Stan Stan Efforting popularized that. Um, If you walk the 10 minute thing after each meal, the idea there too, is it helps with your digestion. And the studies actually show that if you can get 7,000 steps a day, all cause mortality falls off a cliff at that point. Uh, just moving at least 7,000 steps. And I've actually done this experiment like, hey, what have, How many steps do I get in a day if I'm doing nothing? No training, no walking. I'm just sitting at my computer, working from home, getting up, going to the bathroom, getting up, you know, changing a diaper, making the kids lunch, just kind of milling about the day. And I'll get about 3,000 to 3- 3,500 steps just doing that. So to get to 7,000 steps, all it takes is about 30 to 35 minutes of intentional walking. And you don't even have to do that. Like you said at one time, break it up. Go for a walk. That can be walking your dogs, you know, walking around the walk. it doesn't even need to be strenuous, necessary exercise. Just freaking move. And what a blessing, though, when you think about it, like, we're having this discussion. Like, how blessed are we that we actually have to, like, actually care about movement? Like, 200 years ago, like <laughs> – you know, you were happy to have three squares a day and you probably walked like 30,000 steps because you're plowing your field by hand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That was just like a fucking kid. So, right. So it's like when you want to like whine and bitch about having to do cardio, be like, bro, you could be hand plowing a field with you and a cow. So suck it up and hit the treadmill in your air conditioning, bitch.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'll take option B. I would not do well with option A. <laughs> not going to. i fucking lie. on a
1: wagon train right now. Heading to Oregon, getting dysentery. (laughs) I was just going to say that. I was like, You have died of dysentery.
2: (laughs) Did you guys play the Oregon Trail? Uh, Did you play that game?
1: Yes, I played the Oregon Trail. (laughs) Are the really old? Macintosh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So I think what we hit on, we hit on protein and movement. What are the other big rocks we said we need to hit on? I think hydration. That's a good one. Um, Some people don't struggle with this, other people do, but like just. Hey, guys, you should drink water. <laughs> That's a thing. Like like drinking water is a thing. Uh, used to, I used to preach um, a gallon a day for everybody, but I've kind of learned. I read this book called Quench. It's really good. It's by a guy uh, – or it's by Dana Cohen and Gina Bria, both medical doctors. They, they kind of uncover the science of hydration. And so I've learned kind of through that that a gallon a day is pretty arbitrary, made up. Um, I like to tell my clients like a minimum of two liters – like 96 ounces of water a day, 100 ounces of water, something there. But think about it. If you're an office worker in Maine, uh, your water needs to be slightly different than a roofer in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Right? So just think about what it is you're doing and your output. If you feel thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Tip for those of you who train first thing in the morning, like roll out of bed, hit the gym, train fasted. The best things you can do to like uh, improve your workouts is... Is just slam like thirty ounces of water and toss a little pink salt in there, uh, because whether you feel thirsty or not, if you've been sleeping for the last six to eight hours, you are partially dehydrated. So just slam some water, get a little salt in there. Good to go.
2: I think regardless if you're um, if you're working out in the morning or not, the greatest thing you can do is drink at least eight ounces of water when you wake up. Like I I live by that. I mean. It it gives you an instant boost of energy. It gets your digestion or whatever going. Um, I'm not going to get real sciencey because I'm really bad when I start talking about stuff like that and try and throw out sciencey terms. But I mean, it just it it basically boosts your body. Just eight ounces of water is a great start. Um, and then I like to drink um, eight ounces of water, like maybe ten minutes before a meal, because I don't drink during my meals. I uh, I stick to the food and focus on my actual meal itself. And then I'll drink maybe- You're too eight, busy you know, shoveling, like, just like me. <laughs> Sho- shovel the food. What?
1: Yeah, Derek's Isn't like that so so scene good. in Beauty and the Beast with the bowl of porridge, and he's just like shoveling his mouth oh, yeah. at
2: the end of the
0: table.
2: Yeah, I grew up with when two- I was prepping, I looked like that.
0: <laughs> Every piece yeah. of food. I grew up with two brothers. If you didn't eat it quick, somebody else is going to eat it for you. So get fucked. I'm eating my shit. (laughs) Yeah, man.
1: That's how it is. I joke all the time. Like, I eat fast. People are like, did you taste that? I'm like, hey, man, I don't really eat. I feed. It's currently feeding time, and we're not messing around. This is not time for conversation. (laughs) Like, I don't really talk around the dinner table. We eat around the dinner table. We talk after and before.
2: When you train like we do, Anthony, you train way harder than I do. but. You train like that. I mean, food literally is fuel. Like you look forward to your eggs and your chicken. Like it, it's what gives you energy. And yeah, it's fucking feeding so time.
1: We're, we're eating. <laughs> my, my, my dumbass. ass. I, I got blood work this morning. So I do blood work every, every three months and I, d- you got to do it fasted, right? It's no big deal. They open it at like seven. So I get up at five, five 30 this morning and I'm like, I'm going to hit my fasted cardio. So I go out and I hit like 30 minutes on cardio. And then as soon as I'm done, I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry. And I still got to get a shower, drive all the way into town, wait for my blood work. So then I did that. I'm like, well, I'm having a free meal today, son. And I'm going to my favorite breakfast place. And I ordered this huge omelet, home fries, sourdough toast. And then their then there's separate meal of their homemade baked oatmeal. <clears throat> and they put all of that in front of me. The woman's like, you know, the baked dough meal is like a separate meal for like another person. I said, I am another person. I'm like, bring all this out. And I mean, I housed it so fast. It was nuts.
0: It was a fantastic. family of four. Fuck off and put it in front of me. Yes. It's
2: always my yes, favorite they- that, yeah,
0: Serving size
2: they put down a burger in front of me at restaurants, and the lady will come back to check on how we're doing. And my burger is literally like three fourths the way gone, and or gone. And Cody's like taking two bites. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, "Is it good?"
1: Or- That's the way <laughs> I am. That's the way I am. Like once I pick it up, like we're not we're not setting it back down until it's gone. What are you doing? <laughs> just- Your hands are just getting messy. You keep committed at this point. Just go to it.
0: I've been doing <laughs> intermittent fasting for like a year or so now. So the guys, like when we go to to lunch at work, like that's my first meal of the day. So they know not mm. to say shit. I'm just gonna be shoveling, and like I'll look up when I'm done, and then we can talk. Yeah, I'm, hey, not, you, I'm, I'm fucking hungry at that point.
1: Yeah. Oh, intermittent fasting is a good one. That one gets a lot of people riled up. You know, my one of my. <laughs> One of my most dogmatic opinions in the nutrition world is that you shouldn't be dogmatic, is that everything is a tool. Like certain people, intermittent fasting is awesome. It can work really well. And then there's other scenarios where intermittent fasting is a freaking disaster and it's the last thing you want to do. I work with a lot of – unfortunately, a lot of women tend to – they fall into the under-eat camp and then they'll eat like one meal a day that's just shit food. Um, and then they tend to also honestly work – that. Let's just be real. We all know this. Women have a higher pain tolerance and a better work ethic than most men. So, women will like to hit cardio six days a week and eat like 1,200 calories, you know, whatever else. And then it puts them, they put themselves into this like hormonal hole that just screws everything up and it it creates this um, vicious cycle that's hard to get out of. So, let's say I've got, I have a couple clients right now, a couple, couple females I'm working with, and they've got a lot of weight to lose. They could probably stand to lose 100, 150 pounds. And the common denominator between all of them, they all work jobs where they're on their feet all day. Um, they're, working, they're walking. They're, they're, some of them are nurses, so they're walking like 15 to 20,000 steps a day because they're working 12-hour shifts on their feet all day. And nurses, hospitals typically don't take care of their employees very well, so they don't get long breaks. So they can't break up their meals. And so they just don't eat or drink all day long. They finally get home, and it's crack open a bottle of wine and eat some fast food. And they'll get 2000 calories of just shit calories after having not eaten all day. And that is a recipe for just metabolic disaster and weight gain. And so the biggest thing for them is, Hey, we got to get, we got to get meals in like every two and a half to three hours. We got to get these protein pulses. If nothing else, we'll get protein. I'll have them like do something quick and easy. Take 50 grams of a protein shake and eat a banana. You can do that in like two minutes. You know what I mean? At your nurse's station. So, for them, intermittent fasting, disaster. For you, already relatively healthy dude, maybe you're in a – you just want to be in a slight caloric deficit, easy for you to cram that deficit from 12 to 9 at night, good to go. And so, you know, that's that's something I just caution everybody. It's like when you hear of paleo and keto and this and that, intermittent fasting and all these strategies, um, they're all tools, You know, and just make sure you're using the right tool at the right time. Like, they're not right or wrong. It it depends on the situation, right? If you need a pair of pliers, you don't get a hammer, okay? And so, you know, intermittent fasting, cool for some people. Might be a terrible thing for you. Just, you know, that's what you have to assess is, like, what do I need right now?
0: Yeah, and it all depends on, like, you know, I kind of tailor to my activity level. Like, if I'm going to fucking be doing a fucking ultra marathon, where I need – caloric intake or for fuel for whatever not that i'm gonna be doing any ultra marathons but i wouldn't be intermittent fasting during that i'd be loading up before my run so i actually have yeah. fuel to to move like it, it's it's all about knowing what you're gonna do and and how yep. you want to get there yeah 100 eating
1: eating accordingly Definitely. i feel like we have another rock to talk about <clears throat> another rock sleep yeah we got the protein sleep
0: are you guys good at sleep so i can oh, yeah. sleep like a fucking rock dude all
1: right all right how about you Ashley?
2: 10 30 lights out and i'm up at like 7 30
1: honestly so what's really funny is like i asked you guys to do seven just because i'm such a freaking loser and i'm i will be in bed by 8 30 i'm a child like my kids go to bed my kids go to bed at eight and i'm like I'll get mad when they want to stay up. I'm like, "Cause dirty wants to go to bed. Because <laughs> what well, time up you get like up? Four o'clock, right? Like, yeah, I usually four four thirty. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. If my body's whipped, I'll I'll I will let myself sleep in occasionally, just for that extra recovery. Um, and the thing with sleep, a lot of people suck at is just like falling asleep on their phone, you know, or watching TV. That that blue light really does. Mm, I'd want to talk away. about like what do you want to talk about?
2: A good bedtime routine and how important that can be. Um not staring at your phone before you go to bed, like the blue light from the phone, the TV, like nobody can see this, but I'm wearing my blue light glasses. Like when it's in the evening time, I'm Boom. constantly thinking about Boom, like cheers. priming myself. Oh yeah, I see yours too priming myself to get ready to go to bed and have a successful night's sleep because sleep is like the key to your body recovering. If I'm not sleeping well, I'm not going to lift well the next day. Um, and just at all in general perform well. Um, so yeah, I mean like it doesn't have to be all night long, but just 30, 40 minutes, like I have a solid routine before I'm getting into bed. It's wash my face, put the sheets down, like pet the dogs, get them water. And it's just like a routine every night. So my body knows it's time to go to sleep when I do lay down, um, just getting used to it.
1: That's perfect. That's great. And your routine can all be a little, uh, a little different, but you hit on something yeah. key there. Like, Hey, when we sleep, that's when our body recovers. And two, if you're trying to lose weight and you're getting terrible sleep, um, if there's things that are in your control, control it. Because when you sleep, that's when you oxidize most of your fat. So people will often ask me, well, when you burn fat, like, where does it go? Well, some of it, you know, you piss it out, shit it out. But a lot of it, you literally breathe out. You oxidize through, uh, you know, when you breathe. And a lot of that happens at night. And when you sleep terribly, it literally impacts fat loss. A lot of studies have been done around this. And so it's like if you're trying to – increase performance sleep is critical to performance also critical for for fat loss and then for you know brain function and everything else and, and i understand there's a lot of people out there that you know struggle with sleep for various reasons and you know i can dive into that I have a lot of you know uh clients who struggle with sleep for various reasons and there's different approaches you can take depending on their symptoms but the first thing like you said is create a routine sleep in a cool room make it dark right it's hard to sleep when it's really freaking hot when you sleep your body temperature actually lowers so that the science behind why does a warm bath feel really good and help you go to sleep especially if your body temperature lowers well because your pores open up and all the heat rises to the top and you feel really warm and cozy but as the heat's coming out it's helping your core temperature lower quicker and it makes you sleepy right and so that's why sometimes taking an Epsom salt bath or sit in a hot tub or something like that can really just help to put you to sleep i don't know about you we were talking about drinking wine earlier do you ever feel, after I drink a couple glasses of wine, I just feel really relaxed. Like I can just lay down and drift off. And the compound in wine that does that is called GABA. Here's the cool thing. You can buy GABA pills straight from Amazon. And so if wine has that effect on you, and if you're the type of person who has high stress and you've got a lot of anxiety and you just have a hard time like turning your brain off before you go to sleep, but you don't want to rely on like ambient or something that actually just, like, shuts you off, you can get GABA. And GABA is awesome to just kind of naturally help yourself just chill out and unwind a little bit. And, uh, and I echo everything you said of the blue light blocker glasses. I actually wear them. I'll put them on if I'm staring at my computer screen all day. Guys who stare at their computer all day, you'll start to get those headaches mid-afternoon, that mid-afternoon crash because you're staring at this light all day blue light blocker glasses really help that. If you don't believe us, buy the shittiest cheap pair on Amazon. They'll be ugly as sin. Uh, they'll Thanks look like Amazon. some glasses. Hey, well, you know, I mean, you can get nice ones, but I mean, buy some cheap ones, buy some like $3 things that you'd look like you should be taking to an IMAX theater and try <laughs> it out. And what you'll notice is if you put them on after the sun goes down, like honestly, my wife and I like to hang out and watch like reruns of Seinfeld or friends or the office at night. Um, and so, yeah, I got my TV on in my room, so I have my glasses on, so does she, and it, it does make a big difference. I wasn't bought in at first until I tried it uh, with some ugly-ass pair of glasses, and now I like I have I have nice glasses. If you have prescription glasses, um, you can actually get blue light blockers with your prescription in them. So really, really cool. They help your sleep a lot, and you get that sleep nailed down, your performance and everything else is, is going to get much, much better.
2: First of all, add GABA to Amazon list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh, man. Right a, I'll, I'll say this for our, for, for our listeners. If you want to, like, dive into sleep, there's so many good books on it, but the best book, I think, is probably Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, and if you want to hear a little bit of him first, Joe Rogan has two different podcasts with him that kind of dive into that. Another guy to, uh, if you're on Instagram, uh, follow Andrew Huberman. He's got uh, Huberman Lab. He's a neurologist who actually makes neurology cool. And he does all these little infographics and videos and explains like brain science and how it works. And he's got a lot of really cool information on sleep as well, because different people have different problems with sleep. So for example, let's say you're the type of person who, hey, I can fall asleep, but then I wake up 5 million times a night. It's restless sleep. Well, the solution for that is probably going to be different than somebody who. Uh, like my wife, she struggles to fall asleep. It's like takes her forever to fall asleep. But then once she's asleep, so solution, does Jenna. Yeah. Right. And so the solution for that is something different. And there's tons of adaptogenic herbs, things like magnesium three and eight, ashwagandha, rhodiola, valerian root. But you really want to get to the root of what your issue is because you don't want to, you know, commit to $90 a month in supplements when maybe you only need like one thing. Right. Or maybe it's just like, uh, so, so, yeah, there's, uh, there's a whole world you can kind of dive into on the study of sleep science. And then for those of you, too, that uh, if you work shifts, right, if we have, I'm sure with our target audience, we've got EMTs and law enforcement officers and stuff listening. If you work weird shifts, our bodies need so many sleep cycles a week. And obviously, it's ideal to get that in one chunk. But if you're only able to get five hours – Uh, At at a time, okay, but if you can nap, naps do work. Like, if you can get a nap, the studies show that as so long as you're getting a given number of sleep cycles in a week, it really doesn't change the brainwave dynamics and recovery and things like that. So, like, naps naps do help. Uh, But anyways, yeah, get that book by Matthew Walker or listen to those podcasts. Um, Super, super informative and lots of, like, actual practical tips to help you sleep.
0: Cool. Kind of nerded out there on this one,
1: bro. Listen, I got my, I got my glasses on. I feel like I have to, (laughs) very
0: studious, uh, Ashley, (laughs) anything else uh, to wrap this up?
1: No, I'm just
2: super excited. I think this went really well. And Anthony, you just have so much knowledge to share and you're very well spoken. So loved having this chat.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I just like nerding out about this kind of stuff. It's just, uh, it's it's helpful for people and we could do ones in the future too where we can like drill really deep on maybe a specific topic. But I think I think you know cover these big rocks. Do this and your life will improve.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, guys, for another episode of Tuesday Tips. Uh Anthony, where can they find you at on the uh, the old social medias?
1: The Ander Webs. Uh so yeah, I'm operating off my backup Instagram because uh Instagram doesn't like my main. Right. So it's at anthony 105 kpro
0: and where can they find you and your loud ass dog, Ashley?
2: <laughs> King has a lot to say. Um yeah, you guys can find me at AshtagFit A-S-H-T-A-G-F-I-T.
0: And you guys find me at Derek Bosley or uh, Stand Two Blade Company. Uh thanks again for tuning in. Appreciate the hell out of you guys and we'll see you next time.